Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. All right, you guys, friends, we are covering a topic today that I have had kind of in our like queue of ideas, probably since we like almost since we started this podcast. Um, And I am so excited to bring on another one of my all time favorite designers, Abby from Wayfair Design Studio to talk about this, um, which I guess I should mention it. We're talking about presenting your design work to clients. Um, But if you guys aren't familiar with Abby, you should definitely go check her out on Instagram. And we will be including a link to her Instagram on our show notes because that's where I found her and fell in love with her beautiful work. She has like the perfect... Instagram feed. Um, Recently, Abby has started creating content and different resources for other designers, which is perfect. And that's kind of what brings her on the show today. So I remember this was probably last year, maybe you had a blog post that was about kind of presenting work and what your process looked like. And I was just so fascinated with everything that you shared, I remember being like, okay, what can I zoom in and see in these little pictures that the (laughs) mock-ups that you're showing? So today we are going to dive on in and talk to Abby about just presenting your work to clients. Abby, I'm so excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. I've listened to your podcast, I think from the beginning. So yeah, I'm, (laughs) I'm really excited that you asked me to be on here. Yes. So just to begin, for people who maybe don't know about you or don't know very much about you, tell us about yourself. So how did you get started with your business and kind of what has your journey looked like up until now? Yeah. So it it was not a very um, traditional <laughs> start, I guess. <laughs> um, it was not my intention to start a business at all. So um let me kind of take you back. So it was in 2016 was whenever I was graduating from college and I went to my university for graphic design. So I had my degree and I'd always planned on being a designer, but I was not intending on running a business. I assumed I would just get a regular studio job and I don't know, I guess work my way up. I didn't really care. Honestly, <laughs> I just had no plans whatsoever. But right before I graduated from college, um, my then boyfriend, he plays basketball, which is the weird thing about our life is <laughs> he's a professional basketball player and he got an offer to go play overseas. And we were like, okay, let's just do this. <laughs> and we got married and moved to Australia the day after my college graduation. Oh my gosh. It was really wild. We planned like our wedding and everything in a month, under a month, I think. And so really that just like ruined, I didn't have career plans to begin with, but even if I did, (laughs) they were ruined. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I just, 
I really had no idea what to do. We got to Australia and I was there for, I don't know, maybe like two or three weeks. And I was totally in denial. I was like, I'm going to apply to any design jobs that I can find here in Australia. Um, Even though I knew with his job, we travel quite a bit, usually moving to a new country um, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year for each new basketball season. Oh my goodness. And we planned on doing that for, you know, as long as we could. So it's like, it was silly of me to apply to regular jobs (laughs) because why would anyone want to give me a job (laughs) in that situation? So I don't know. I was just in denial. So I applied to anything I could find, even design jobs but even like daycare and receptionist jobs and oh my gosh no one would respond to me (laughs) once they (laughs) thought I was on a tourist visa they were done so eventually I was like okay I'm just gonna have to freelance like this is my only option and I remember whenever I had that realization I just cried so much (laughs) I I remember crying to my husband because I was like I don't want to do this this is not I'm not ready to do this. I'm not prepared. I just graduated. I don't know anything about running a business. So it was not fun (laughs) for me (laughs) in the beginning because I just felt like the last person who should be doing this. Um, But I told myself, you know what? This isn't my only option and I've just got to make it work. And if for some reason it doesn't work, then I'll find something else. But yeah, I just went for it and It was really tough, especially that first year, because I had no clients lined up. I had no connections. I was really starting from the absolute bottom. Um, But slowly, things have grown, and I've been figuring things out as I go. And yeah, it's been crazy. And now it's three years later, and (laughs) um, I finally feel legit, I guess. (laughs) Um, It's still weird to me to like say I'm a business owner, but yeah, things are finally official and like stable and I feel really good. And now I can't imagine doing anything else, but yeah, it was not, <laughs> I don't know, just nothing about this was expected. And <laughs> I guess that's, what's nice about it too. I mean, entrepreneurship, this is just how it goes. You Things don't go like you plan. Um, nope. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, kind of my story. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I won't go off on a tangent about like my story and that sort of thing because people can find me elsewhere and learn about all that. But um, my husband is in the military, so I can totally understand Mm -hmm. that whole you kind of just got to do what you got to do with their whole situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of, um, yeah, military wives on Instagram and stuff because I feel like I post a lot about our travels and they can be very unpredictable a lot of the time and just how trying to figure that out while running a business and it's always military wives who who (laughs) message me and are like I understand this is my life like all throughout the year so yeah yeah. no yeah after this recording ask me about what this month has been like (laughs) (laughs) and I'll tell you (laughs) about how unpredictable it can be (laughs) yeah it's crazy but it's fun too I don't know it's (laughs) I guess there are certain phases like we just keep telling people right now we love the craziness and we're not tired of it yet but I know at some point we're gonna get really tired of it (laughs) 
So let's go on and kind of dive into the questions we have for you. Um, the first thing is, you know, presenting work to clients. This is like, obviously we all do this, but there's a difference between just showing your work to your clients and really doing like a full presentation. So I'm curious, why do you think it's important for designers to focus on a more legit for the lack of a better word, um, <laughs> presentation for their clients? And when did you start doing this in your business? Yeah, well, I think how you present your work can really make or break the entire project. Um, you know, it's kind of this extra level of responsibility that you have as a designer to make sure that your clients not only like the stuff that you're presenting to them, but that they actually understand it too. And as great as it would be for clients to think like designers do, they just don't. <laughs> and, nope. you know, they just, they don't see things the way that we do. Whenever we look at a logo, we automatically see the meaning behind it and the things that it's referencing. And that just goes over their head sometimes. So in order for us as designers to really set up our projects for success and to create a smooth process, not just for us, but for our clients, um, you really need to put a lot of focus on presenting things well, communicating things well, all of that. So for me, I started thinking about all of this stuff because early on, I was struggling with a lot of the same problems that I think a lot of designers have. Um, and a lot of it is because I was young. I was straight out of college and they don't teach you a lot of this stuff in college. So my clients they weren't understanding my work a lot of the time, um, or at least the thought behind the things that I would do, um, which usually meant they weren't appreciating it fully. Um, they cared more about what was pretty and not so much the meaning behind the stuff, which as a designer, of course, I know that's not what it's about and that's not what's best for their business. Um, they, I was also spending way too much time creating presentations in general. Um, and again, a lot of that's because I was young and I was still trying to kind of find my way and figure out what my process needed to look like. But I spent forever figuring out how to word things to my clients, um, you know, and just in general, what were the things that needed to be in the presentations rather than actually designing the concepts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then last, people were just giving me feedback that was not helpful. <laughs> it would be oh, yeah. too vague or, you know, just like one word answers. Like, I don't like it. And that's it <laughs> with no explanation. <Yeah. laughs> and usually I would blame the client for that being like, oh, well, they just don't get it or they're just a bad client. But um, really, that's on me because I'm not teaching them how to give the feedback um, or the things that they need to be thinking about. So all of that stuff just led to more revisions and projects that went on forever. And at some point I realized I needed to change something because if my process wasn't smooth, then I wasn't going to get enough clients <laughs> um, and my business wasn't going to grow. So yeah, that's kind of, kind of why I realized how important this was. Um, and I think a lot of designers go through all the same things as well. Yeah, no, I definitely remember going through that with my own clients early on. And even before I really started putting a heavy focus on the way I was presenting the work, it's really challenging because like you said, 
clients most of the time aren't looking at our designs and thinking about why we are taking the steps that we are in building out their logos or the other parts of their brand. And so you do have to explain it to them and remind them, you know, this was an integral part of your story. So I took that and kind of put it into your logo or whatever it is. So yeah, I definitely think, like I said, everyone goes through that and it's just kind of figuring out how you can communicate, like you said, really well with your clients. So it can be a better process for both of you. Cause I know like you, I would be like, Oh, this client sucks. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to be a crappy project. And I mean, honestly, the client could be sitting at home thinking the same thing about us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think especially whenever you're first starting out, you really need to figure out how to show that you're the expert in the situation. And whenever you focus on this stuff, that's what's going to make you seem like the expert Mm -hmm. the most. That's what's going to make your clients trust you a bit more when they see that, oh, they aren't just creating stuff because it looks nice and they aren't just creating stuff just to hand it to me and be done with it. They're putting real thought into this and that's going to be better for your business in the long run. Yeah, for sure. So I know that, um, I, you know, I hear from a lot of people just on the way they present the work. So some people do it on live calls. Some people, if they work with local clients, will present their work in person. Um, I know for me, I don't really work with that many one-on-one clients anymore, but I would do a recorded video um, Mm -hmm. to kind of formally present that work to them. So I'm curious how, what's the method that you use? And do you think that one of them is like the best um, for presenting work? Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I love screen recordings, um, doing like little recorded videos of me walking through the presentation. And honestly, I can't remember exactly when I first started doing this. It was probably during the winter or something or like last fall. And I can't remember why I first decided to try it. It honestly might've been because I heard, um, one of you on an episode talk about it, which is really funny. I feel like that that's what happened. And I was like, oh, that might be a good idea. So I remember I tried it at first and I was like, I didn't really have any expectations for it being super helpful. But once I did my first screen recording of a presentation and I sent it to a client instantly, she was messaging me and like, this was amazing. Please do more of these. This was so helpful. And Yeah, it's just, I think that being able to talk through everything with the client, um, I don't know, it just, it just helps them understand things more. It helps things sink in. I also think for me personally, I'm the type of person, I don't like reading books. I like watching movies (laughs) or listening to a podcast. So I think some (laughs) clients must be the same, right? They just retain information in different ways. (laughs) And doing a screen recording is a good way to cover all of those bases. Um, I think some people who do stuff over live calls, I've done, I've presented things over a phone call before, and it's fine. But I think that it puts some pressure on the client to give feedback straight away. And I don't want them to do that. Sometimes it's okay. But most of the time, (laughs) I would rather them sit with it and think about Mm -hmm. it for a few days before they say anything to me. So that's why I really love screen recording so much, because then I can talk them through it, know that they're going to understand everything that I want them to, but then they don't have to give me feedback right away. 
they can take the time to think about it and give me feedback whenever they're ready. Um, and I even had one client who loved screen recording so much that she asked me what app I was using. And she started doing screen recordings for her feedback, which was really oh, fun. that's amazing. Yeah. And honestly, it was really helpful because we were working on a website and websites can be so much back and forth, back and forth. So <laughs> that was actually mm -hmm. really helpful. And I haven't asked any of my other clients to do that because I don't want to force them to record themselves because I know some people wouldn't be into that, but it was interesting and I think it was really helpful. So yeah. yeah, that's actually a really neat idea. I can totally relate to not wanting to ask people and not only that, but um, I don't know. I just feel like some clients are like, you're giving me too much feedback. So you don't want them to mm -hmm. do something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, I think that that's really neat. And I don't know about you, but like the pressure for me, like to do a live, like a live presentation, I could do that. I, I think we talked about this might've come up when we talked about um, when I did Krista's branding last year um, and I did live presentations with her, but that's because I've known her for years and she's my best friend. And that mm -hmm. was like no pressure whatsoever. But for like an, another client, I would be like sweating. Like I'd have to have a rag where I'm like dapping mm -hmm. off my face. Like, no, that would be way too much pressure. And then I agree with you totally. Like, I feel like clients would look at the work and they would be, so into, I just like how this looks or how it doesn't look and not taking that extra, those extra things into consideration. So yeah, I, I personally think that pre-recorded is pretty, pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know about you, but when I first started to do those more formal presentations, um, I was always really nervous about like, what am I supposed to say? Like, how, how do I really talk about my work? Because I feel like that's something we do in school when we're learning about design and having to present it to our class, but it's not necessarily something we learn how to talk to clients about. Um, and kind of going back to something you mentioned earlier is I think a lot of designers get caught up in like jargon that clients don't understand. So I'm curious, how do you decide what you say when you're presenting your work and like how in-depth you go with the explanation like behind a logo, for example? Yeah. So I like to give people two different versions of the explanation. So the first one is actually written out in the presentation. I'll have little notes and stuff kind of throughout the presentation that they can read. Um, and those are always really short, sweet, and to the point. Um, and then the second one is through the screen recording where I actually talk through everything and I ramble a lot. So those <laughs> automatically go more in depth. And, um, they usually the last around 10 minutes or something. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how I like to do it because I want to, in the screen recording, I feel like I'm having a conversation with them and I'm explaining everything that I want them to know. But then the backup is kind of the written explanations that are shorter. They're more to the point. They're easy to understand. And so if there's anything that I say in the screen recording that might not make sense to them, if they go through and read the little explanations, then they should be able to get it no problem. Um, and sometimes that feels like I'm overdoing it a little bit because I'm <laughs> like saying the same things twice. <laughs> but I think that it's important to get that information across both ways. 
And if I, like I said, if I start using too much designer jargon or whatever in the screen recording, then the written statements make sense. And kind of to help me save time, because <laughs> having to write things out, like you said, figuring out how to word things to clients mm-hmm. can be so difficult. So I've kind of created this set of fill in the blank statements that I use over and over again. And, you know, it'll go something like this concept conveys blank, blank, and blank parts of your business and your audience would associate associate it with blank, blank, and blank. Um, so it's really simple. It's easy for people to understand. And it's quick for me to just swap out for each new project and save some time, <laughs> but getting the information across still. Yeah, I really like that. That's such a good idea. I kind of did that um, in the PDF uh, like presentations I had, I would just kind of, you know, go through and say, okay, delete up to here and then kind of fill out from there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really good idea to have like a formal like template that you're using. And not only that, but I know you said you feel like you maybe are overdoing it, but I think it's a really good idea to do like a quick written explanation and also a video Um, because we talked about this in a past episode and I'll link it in the show notes, but it was with Meg Summerfield. um, And she was mentioning, you know, a lot of people learn differently and soak things up a little bit differently. So you may have some clients for people who are listening to this, you may have some clients who really love the video and they get so much from it and they don't understand anything that you have just sent them that's text form. Mm -hmm. And then you may have some people who can't really grasp what you're talking about in the video and that like written explanation works really well for them, even if you're saying the same exact thing. So I think it's actually a really good idea to have both. Um, That way you're kind of covering your bases depending on how your client best kind of learns and understands what you're presenting to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it helps a lot and I don't know. I, (laughs) I think for like, if I, I try to put myself in the client's shoes and think, you know, if I was presenting this to myself and I knew nothing, <laughs> would I be yeah. able to get, you know? And sometimes I'll show things to my husband <laughs> or something to just kind of gauge if it makes sense because he knows nothing <laughs> about yeah. design. And yeah, that's kind of, those are things that have helped me get to what you're saying. Feeling okay that I'm saying things twice. It's better to say things twice than to risk not saying enough. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's another really good point too, is if you have a friend or significant other that you can kind of run things by like, Hey, look at this. If I explain it this way, blah, 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 blah. Does this make any sense to you? Cause mm-hmm. I know my husband would be the same exact way. Like, I feel like <laughs> I've talked about this before. I'm like slowly like teaching him things that are important. So I noticed he'll point stuff out to me more often now, but still like some explanations would totally go straight over his Mm -hmm. head. So I think that's a really good point to kind of like run it by, Hey, do you understand this phrase? Okay. No, then my client probably wouldn't either. (laughs) So, um, I mentioned that I was nervous when I was just getting started and, um, Presenting your designs, even if you know, maybe even if you know what you're going to say, it can still be nerve wracking to kind of talk through that and share that with your client because it's like, are they going to judge me? Like, am I saying the right thing? You know, kind of everything that we're talking about. So, um, and I know some designers that listen to this podcast and are in our Facebook group 
don't have formal like classroom experience like we do. So um, they have never talked about their work out loud and like explained the rationale and that sort of thing. So were you nervous at first, you know, before you did that very first like screen recording or phone call or whatever? And how did you kind of overcome that and feel confident in presenting your work? Yeah. So, um, like you said, I, so like, since I went to school for design, I did have some experience talking about things in front of people, but even in college, it was scary to talk yeah. about stuff <laughs> and have all these people critique it at once. Yep. But now running a business, it's like a whole other level when someone is actually paying you money for, <laughs> for this mm-hmm. stuff that you're presenting. Um, and I still get nervous sometimes whenever I send, send stuff to clients. Um, I'll, you know, instantly start to doubt myself and think, oh, this is so stupid. Why did I, <laughs> why did I think that that was a good idea? They're never going to understand this. Um, but I think the fact that I've, you know, put all these different strategies into my process um, having to focus so much on making sure that one, there is a deeper meaning behind whatever I'm creating to begin with, <laughs> mm-hmm. making sure that that's very important to me. Um, and then making sure that the client understands it. All of that has really just helped me in general. I think, like I said, it's like this extra level of responsibility that I've put on myself to, to do these things. And it's kind of forced me to step up my game. And in doing all of that, it's made me feel more confident in my work because I'm putting in the extra steps to bring this extra value to my clients. And I don't know, it, like I said, <laughs> I still get nervous, but the fact that I know that I have put all of this extra work in I don't know. It just gives me a little, a little boost that like, no, I know what I'm talking about. I, I know that there's meaning behind this. If they don't get it, that's okay. But I did what I was supposed to do as a designer. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's all you can do is just like remind yourself constantly that I, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Like people, people pay me to do this. Mm -hmm. So obviously (laughs) I must be good at it. (laughs) So I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. And it takes a while to get there. Honestly. I mean, some of that is just experience too. Mm -hmm. Like the more that you work with people, the more confident you're going to feel automatically. And I don't, I don't know when I could say I was a hundred percent confident. I don't know how long it (laughs) took me, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. It just takes time. (laughs) So is there any type of design work, um, that you don't necessarily think should be formally presented. Um, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, I would do smaller projects. Like I would do business cards or PDFs or something like that. And I could see how those smaller, like one-off projects, you wouldn't need that kind of video explanation. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, some things are just self-explanatory and Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially whenever you're further along in the project. Um, I don't feel the need to explain every single little thing. Um, I actually just sent something off today to the client that was definitely not as in depth as (laughs) I usually (laughs) like to go. Um, we're kind of towards like the end of the branding process, but we're still just making really little tweaks to things. So the changes are so small. It's not really necessary for me to (laughs) Mm-hmm. say I changed this tiny little thing here's what yeah. that means that doesn't that doesn't make that much of a difference but yeah for some collateral things I don't do videos or long explanations if I'm 
if I'm just expanding on the deeper meaning that I have already explained to them, then I usually don't need to explain it again. But I Mm -hmm. think that that can vary with the client too. There are some clients that really need you to hold their hand and maybe they would need you to (laughs) explain every little thing. Like I've had a few clients who were probably like that, but then I majority of my clients don't need that. Mm -hmm. So it's all just kind of about knowing what your clients need and just Mm -hmm. kind of basing it off that. Yeah. I think in the beginning of the projects, I always start with explaining Mm -hmm. everything in a lot of detail. And then I can kind of feel out if that's necessary for everything throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of the project, or if I can get away with just trusting that the client understands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So to kind of move along here, you talked at the big, at the beginning about, um, how it really presenting the work like this has really helped you communicate better and it's made the process with clients a lot more smooth. Um, But I'm curious if there's like a different, maybe totally unexpected benefit that you saw after you started presenting your work to your clients. Like maybe you have less refinements to do or maybe your clients are overly delighted because they didn't expect anything like this. Like, so if there's like one or two things, could you pinpoint, do you have those? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just how much happier my clients are. I mean, thinking back on where I started and the reactions that I get now, um, a lot of my clients go out of their way to say, this was so helpful and you know, just talk about how much they appreciated me putting in the extra work to helping them understand the process. Um, And I think from their perspective, they feel like they're not just getting a new brand or a new website. They're kind of getting a mini education on design and Mm -hmm. how it works, how it can be done well, and how they can use it on their own. Um, Because that's also kind of the whole point of me doing this is at the end of the project, I want them to feel confident in using all the things that I've created for them on their own. I don't want them to feel like they have to come back to me for every little thing. So any part of my thought process that I can explain to them is going to make them not better designers (laughs) because obviously they hired me because I'm the designer, but just make them more educated on design in general. Um, Yeah. And like I said, feel more confident in using things. And I think me doing all of that instantly makes my services more valuable in their eyes. So, yeah. And I think I think it's led to less refinements. It's hard to say because you always get some clients that no matter what, <laughs> the project's going to go into a ton of extra refinements. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I think that my clients are just a lot happier with the result. Cause I've had some people who have worked with designers before tell me that this experience was much different, that they didn't even expect to get that much information from mm-hmm. the design process. So yeah, that was really important. And I think um, really, I was really happy to hear that from them. Yeah. And I, this kind of, takes me off to another question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask because it just came (laughs) up. Um, But I think that's a really good point is kind of 
presenting the work and explaining it, like you said, in a way that teaches them how they can take what you're giving them and then use it because that's really empowering your clients to, like you said, be able to use what you're creating. I mean, I know so many of so many people out there will have things done and then they don't use it. They don't use their brand guidelines at all, or they don't use things correctly. And it's like, you worked with a designer. Mm -hmm. Like it should look better than this. (laughs) That's me being judgy. And I'm sorry that you guys have to know that I'm like that, but I do think that it can be really helpful. So that leads me to ask, do you do any kind of presentation or whatever when it comes down to your brand guidelines, like once you're ending a project where you are empowering them even more to say like, okay, here is here is how your brand is built and here is how I kind of recommend you take these pieces and put them all together. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and I did not <laughs> always, that's one of the parts of my process that I think has changed the most mm-hmm. because I went back and looked at some of my first style guides mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, that's in quotation style <laughs> guides that I sent out to people and it, there wasn't barely anything in it. I mean, it just showed them what the logo was, but like they already knew what the logo was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but now mine can go from like 20 to 30 pages. It just kind of depends on mm-hmm how big the project is, but I try to get as much detail and as much guidance in as I can. Um, Most of my clients want social media stuff. So obviously I talk about that and I'll give them some tips on, you know, certain things to do on social media. But as far as like logos go, I try to make sure that I tell them, you know, if I create a primary logo, a couple of secondary logos and like an icon or something like that, I make sure to give them specific directions like your primary logo is this shape and it should only be used in these sorts of situations. (laughs) If you have a different situation that's more vertical or, you know, on a round sticker or something, then you need to use this other version. Um, Just trying to explain to them Mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't want their stuff to look bad because then that makes me look bad. Mm -hmm. Like you said, some people will do stuff themselves and it's not very good. (laughs) Like they don't follow the rules that we give them. Mm -hmm. And then someone else might know that we designed their brand and think, Oh, did the designer put that together? So of course I don't want, I don't want anything that they do to look bad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I try to give them as much guidance as I can with colors. I say like, don't use um, this color in text over this color background or something Mm -hmm. like if there's stuff that clashes there's a lot that I go into um and if they sometimes I'll try to add extra things in as well like if I know that they're going to be using photography like taking photography of their products sometimes people will ask me for some guidance on that but sometimes I'll just add it in Mm -hmm. if I suspect that they might need some guidance on it even if they haven't asked for it (laughs) and that is extra stuff that I'm doing but I don't know it's important to me to make sure that they have all the tools to make sure that they look good (laughs) yeah well and not only that but I mean and they're looking good you're helping them grow their business even more so I feel like 
it, it is a way to go above and beyond for your clients. And I know that's something Krista and I have talked about so much on this podcast is how can you really take it to the next level um, and show up and help your clients? Because it's not just creating this design for them. You're really trying to help them, you know, move the bar with their business. So I think it's amazing. And 20 and 30 pages is incredible incredible in terms of a brand guideline. I, I, when you said you could look back at your first like brand guidelines, I was looking at mine like a week or two ago and it's like one little PNG file with like the logo and the colors and probably, probably not even the hex codes. It was literally just the colors. And then like, here's what your fonts are. And that was it. So, and, and same last year, I finally had transitioned to doing this more like legitimate brand guidelines. So even that is really helpful in terms of kind of explaining things and presenting your designs, even at the end of a project. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, it's just all of that extra thought, just showing that you care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that just makes all the difference with clients and is going to make them, like I said, so much happier and going to make them more likely to refer you to other people. So it's a win-win. I mean, it, it's important for the designer and it's important for the client. And yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. So I know people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this Abby girl is a genius. And I want to start improving or presenting stuff to my clients. So I'm curious for those people who are listening and thinking that right now, How would you recommend they get started with this if they have never done it before or maybe if they have been doing it and it's not something they're very confident in or maybe not as in-depth? Yeah, so I I did a course on this um, back in February (laughs) Um, and it's going to be reopening on July 22nd. (laughs) I think that's the date I set for myself. But yeah, and so that, I mean, if you want to do that, it, I think it's a good, <laughs> a good resource. <laughs> um, it goes really in depth. I kind of walk people through my entire branding process and my web design process. Um, and I just kind of share some important lessons that I've learned while growing my business. Like I said, I started from the bottom and I had <laughs> a lot of stuff to figure out. So I, I just share a bunch of mistakes that I've made and really try to cover everything that people might, might want to know. Um, and for this relaunch, I'm actually doing a Facebook group with it too, where I'll give people a bunch of extra content and support and just kind of be around, give you access to me to ask questions. Um, but then for people who don't need that much guidance, I'm also going to sell some of the presentation templates, um, that are in the course individually so that, if somebody just needs help with one part of the design process, then they can just get that template and it's not that much of an investment. Um, but obviously there are tons of other people and like resources out there just besides me. <laughs> um, so many designers that I follow have courses and templates and coaching groups. I know you guys just came out with a group and yeah, if you're not in a position where you're ready to invest in stuff like that, I think I would just read a bunch of design blogs, like any design blog that you can, because before I figured this stuff out, that's what I did (laughs) is I just read any designer that I followed and admired. I read basically all of their blog posts and so many designers who blog have shared 
behind the scenes of their processes and like there's free content out there that you can find. You just have to Google. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> think, think, I think that's great. Um, and I, uh, even just Googling it and kind of starting from there. And while you were mentioning that, um, that's even a really good place to look to see how other people explain their work and maybe some things that they may have told their clients. Um, because I know when I was blogging about my individual projects, I was explaining or I would try to explain, you know, the different steps. Okay, so here is like the mood board and these are the things that I was thinking about. And that can, like I said, really help you if you have no clue what to say kind of get an idea on what, like I said, what someone else might be telling their clients, even though you're just reading a blog post. So mm -hmm. even if someone, if it's your favorite designer, even if they have a blog post that was like three years old or something, go look at that and kind of read and um, take what you can from that. And I'm sure there's tons of other great stuff out there, but I also know that Abby's course is going to be the bomb.com. So I'll <laughs> happily recommend that to our listeners. <laughs> So um, last but not least, before we wrap up here, where can um, everyone go to just learn more about you, um, what you offer, and just keep up with you online? Yeah, so I'm mainly on Instagram. I don't really <laughs> mess around with many other social media platforms, but my Instagram is Wayfarer Design Studio, and uh, my website is the same, <laughs> Wayfarer Design Studio. And then if you're interested in my course, um, it's called the Designer Essentials Kit, and there's a website for that. But of course, if you go to my Instagram, that's really where <laughs> you'll be able to find everything. Yes, and we will have links to everything, your Instagram and your website and your course all in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I have to go check all this stuff out, especially her course, then head on over and make sure you look at that. So thank you so much for jumping on here. And I know people are going to love this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was really so, so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.